You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. I'm going to continue our series uh, that we really began last week and that we're going to do all summer long from the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the really the first 12 verses of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And so today I'm going to talk about being poor in spirit. Let me read this to you again. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, now when he saw the crowds, he being Jesus, of course, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom heaven. That is going to be the topic of our sermon today. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. i got to admit to you, I really wrestled with this a lot. This week I really wrestled with this whole idea of being poor in spirit. I was wrestling and praying over this, trying to figure out or look for some deeper meaning. Like, what what is he really trying to say there? What is it? What What is the insight? What is the secret message that Jesus is trying to tell us? And quite frankly... I don't think there's a secret message. I think he's just saying what he means. Jesus, in this passage, takes a word, and the word here being poor, the word poor, and he takes this word, this thing, that none of us in general really like. You know, nobody here is really aspiring in their life one day to be poor. He takes something that none of us generally really desire, he takes, he's taking something that none of us are really planning for. One day when I'm poor, you know, I'm going to go to college, get my degree, and then be poor. Like, it's not really what we think. So he takes this thing that none of us really, 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 really want, and he associates it, he connects it to godliness. He connects it to happiness. He connects it to eternity. I think he just means what he says. His point, I think, in this, and really in this whole part of this sermon, is he's calling us to stop. To stop. To reevaluate what is important to you. To consider that being spiritual may require a different way of thinking. That's what I think he's saying to us. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Greek word here, of course, you know, the Bible was not written in English, right? You know that. The Bible is written uh, in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. This part of the Bible originally was written in Greek. And so we don't have, in order for us to understand it, unless you're Steve Kennard and you can read Greek, right? But for most of us, in order for us to understand it, we have to rely on an English translation. And so this Greek word, this word poor, actually appears 40 different times, including this time in the New Testament. 40 times. The word means exactly what you think it means. It means to be a pauper. It means to be a beggar. It means to be needy or meager or pitiable. 
That's what this word means. It appears 40 different times, as I said, in the New Testament. And almost every time it appears, almost, if not every time, I mean, you can go and look at it yourself. It seems almost, almost every time, if not every time, it is referring to people who are physically poor. You know, people who in this world have nothing or next to nothing. That's what it's talking about. And so if Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the poor, if he meant physically, if that's what he was talking about, if that's what he meant, if he meant people who are physically poor, then all of us would automatically be be disqualified right now. You know why? Because you live here in the United States of America. You live in one of, if not the wealthiest country on the planet. Now, I know you may say, well, Phil, you don't understand my means. You don't understand why. I know, I know we all have our challenges and we all have our difficulties. But relatively speaking, when you compare yourself to the rest of the planet, we are the most wealthiest people on the planet. I mean, you're going to eat today, right? Most of you probably already have eaten. Unless you on purpose are not eating, right? You're going to get to eat some food. You're going to get to go indoors, you're going to get to have electricity all day long. You're going to maybe even get to have some air conditioning, right? You might even get to sleep in a bed tonight. Many people, most people around the planet don't get that stuff. And so all I'm saying is that if he meant blessed are the poor people, then all of us are disqualified right now just because of our circumstances and where he lives. But Jesus added a twist to this. He threw in one additional element he didn't just say blessed are the poor but what he said is blessed are the poor in spirit that's what he said blessed are the poor in spirit blessed is the person who spiritually is a pauper blessed is the person who spiritually is a beggar who spiritually is needy this is what god values the spiritually poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's saying to me and to you. That's where we find spirituality. When we are spiritually needy and begging, when we are spiritually poor. There's a great example of this in Luke chapter 18. Let me read this to you. Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 18, and it's incredibly self-explanatory. So let me just read it to you, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But here in this parable, he's going to demonstrate. You get kind of a visual aid of what being poor in spirit looks like. All right, let's look at this. Jesus tells this parable in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 9. Luke 18, verse 9. It says, To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, tax collectors, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, right? You know the the guy's there, right? You know he can hear you. You know, he's right there, right? I thank you that I'm not like these evil people. And just like that guy right there, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, who was right next to him, tax collector, stood at a distance 
he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus goes on in verse 14 and says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exhausted. This is exhausted. Yeah, we'll be exhausted. You will be so tired. Like me right now. You will be exalted. Thank you. It is exhausting to be humbling. Two men, two men, two men come together. Both of them clearly were men of prayer, right? Both of them had some level of faith. Both of them even went to temple together. They were there. Two men, but one man sat there and in his prayers to God thought highly of himself. One man looked down on others. He was self-righteous, judgmental, and he placed his hope in his religious activity. Right? The other man, though, the other man was broken. He was broken. He was a spiritual beggar. He was needy. He recognized his spiritual bankruptcy. He was poor in spirit. So let me ask you this question. Of these two men, of these two men, of these two people, which person best describes your relationship to God? Which one? Which one? Do you think highly of yourself? I mean, you probably don't sit around and point at people and condemn them with them right there as blatantly as this guy. But what about in your heart? What about when nobody is around? What about when you think nobody is listening? Do you think highly of yourself? Are you condescending? Are you arrogant? Are you proud? Or do you tremble? Do you tremble in your relationship with God? Are you a little afraid even? Do you have a clear picture of what you really are without God? Are you poor in spirit? He says, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Which of these people, which of these two men best describes your walk with God? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, the Bible's full. It's full of examples of people who were poor in spirit. Remember Hannah? Remember Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1? Remember? Remember her? Hannah, Hannah was begging God for a son, and she was praying before God. She was praying so fervently. The Bible says she was moving her mouth, but she wasn't saying anything. You know, ho- you know hopefully we've all prayed like that at times. You're praying, and you're, you're, you're speaking, and you're talking, but you're not really saying anything. You're talking to God. And the priest that was there saw it and thought she was drunk. So what are you doing? And her response in 1 Samuel 1, 15 and 16, when confronted by the priest, she said, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. 
Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. That is being poor in spirit. That's what God's looking for. That's what God wants. David, in Psalm 63, and honestly all throughout the Psalms, but Psalm 63 verse 1, he writes, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That's a man who was poor in spirit. He was needy. He wanted God. Remember Bartimaeus? He was the guy who started out blind, but eventually Jesus healed him. He was blind when he found out Jesus was passing by. And as Jesus came near, he cried out. And it says in in Mark chapter 10, 47 and 48, it says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. That was a man. That was a person who was poor in spirits. The Bible is full of examples. People who cried out to God in desperation because they realized they were poor in spirit. What are your prayers like? What are your prayers like? What is it like when you pray to the Lord? Do you recognize your spiritual poverty as you stand before your creator? Do you? Or do you cover up your poverty? Do you cover it up with this plastic facade of arrogance and religious activity? God wants us to be poor in spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I know this is uncomfortable. I know it is. It's uncomfortable to reveal the degree of your vulnerability. It's uncomfortable to reveal your needs before God or before anybody else. It's uncomfortable. I was in the barber shop just the other day getting my hair cut and my you know, my tune-up. And uh, as I was there at the barbershop, there was a lot of people this particular day, and there was a mom and dad there with their boy. And this boy probably was five or six or seven years old, and this boy clearly was terrified, terrified to sit in the barber chair. But his parents made him sit there, and the barber was trying to cut his hair, and the entire time he was there, he screamed. The entire time. He screamed, and he yelled, Please, no, please, no, please, please, yelling at the top, crying and sobbing. That's what he was doing. And at first I was, you know, I, I, well, I have to confess, I was a little, a little bothered. I was trying to have my, you know, he's ruining my Zen there, right? You know, I'm not Buddhist, but he was ruining what, you know, he was, you know, but then my heart kind of went out. My heart went out to him. Not kind of. It did. I thought, oh, he's a boy. You know, he's terrified. And he's doing what a boy should do when he's terrified. Calling out, crying out to somebody nearby that will help. Please help me. Help me. And eventually, you know, he made it through the, the haircut. And, and he gladly left and everything was fine. But I, I couldn't help but to watch as I sat there the reactions of everybody else. 
I mean, it really made people uncomfortable. You know, you kind of feel for the way, but there was really an, that level of vulnerability. It really like, eh, all right, can we do, you know, what do we do? What do we do? The, you know, uh, I mean, clearly, I mean, people were also annoyed and, and even embarrassed. I mean, after it was all over, after it was all over, the dad took the son and lifted him up and the little boy said, dad, dad, you know, he's still crying and it's all done. He said, dad, can I have pops? Can I have pops? Can I have pops? And the dad, you know, just said, no, you can't have pops. You cried the whole time. You know, clearly, clearly I'm like, give the kid pops. Come on. I don't even know what a pops is. Hopefully it's something legal. I don't know what it is, but give it to the kid. Give him some pops. But clearly I could tell, I mean, the dad was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. What I'm saying is this level of spiritual need, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable. I'm not saying to you that you should just stand up right now and just start screaming at the top of your lungs. That's not what I'm saying. This isn't even, we aren't even, we're not even the source. You can scream to me, but I'm not the one that can really help you. The real source is your heavenly Father. He's the one you need to be crying out to. You need to be begging. You need to be asking. You need to be showing your spiritual poverty to. He's the one that can help you. It's not us. We'll we'll just point you to Him. So I'm not saying you need to stand right here and scream uncomfortably in front of everybody. You need to go to God. I am saying you need to humbly recognize your deep need for God, and you need to let it out. You need to let it out, man. Let it out. You need to have the courage to do that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not complicated. There's not some hidden meaning in there. It just is what it says. You want to be happy you want to find spirituality. You want to be like God. You've got to surrender. And you've got to be poor in spirit. You know, if you're like me, you hear this and you may say, all right, I got it, got it, got it. All right, so tell me what I need to do. All right, what do I need to do? What do I need? Give me the checklist. Give me the practicals. What do I need to do to be poor in spirit? I can't. That's the point. That's the point. As soon as I give you a checklist and you go and do it, all right, I did A and then B and then C, all right, suddenly you don't have the same poor in spirit. You've covered it up with your religious activity. That's the point. The point is you can't do it. You need God. You need Him. I can't give you a list that you can go execute, hit this button, push this, do that, and have this magical result. That's the point. You need God. That's it. That's the tangible. You just need Him. You go work it out with Him. Maybe right now you're sitting here and you're thinking about God. You're considering God. You don't know about this whole Jesus thing. You're wondering if, you know, is you have your doubts about Christianity and spirituality and the whole spiritual world. Listen, you need to be poor in spirit. You need to let your guard down. Open up yourself. Open up your heart. 
let God show you what he wants to show you. Maybe, maybe you are studying the Bible right now. Maybe you've been thinking about becoming a Christian. Maybe you've gotten to a point where you're just not sure, or you're getting to a point you don't think you can, or you've got something that you just don't want to give up, or you just don't want to stop. Maybe you're getting to that point of decision. Well, being poor in spirit for you may mean just it's time to surrender, right? It's just time to, to wave the white flag before God, to give up. Say, all right, God, all right, I can't, I can't do it unless you are involved, God. I, I, I fail without you. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe you're hurt, right? Maybe you're, you've been disrespected. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've even let that create bitterness in your soul. Being poor in spirit to you may look like it's time just to let go. Being poor in spirit may mean it's time to give up your hurts, to trust God with them, to maybe even forgive. Being poor in spirit. Maybe you're discouraged today. Maybe you're completely uninspired. Maybe you just feel like spiritually you are in a rut. You know, you know that feeling? You just get stuck and you just can't get out. Being poor in spirit to you may mean that you just need to return to the source. Go back to why you did this in the first place. Why? Why did you even start down? Go back to that. Go turn yourself back over to the source. Being poor in spirit. Maybe, maybe you've just failed. Maybe you've just blown it. And maybe you've just sinned. No excuses. You just blew it. You know what? Being poor in spirit, it means you now can repent. It means you can change. It means you can confess. It means you can be healed. You can find healing in spirit. Maybe none of those apply to you. Maybe you are on top of the world right now. Maybe you are firing on all cylinders. Maybe everything, you are just rocking life right now. Everything is going your way. Everything is great. Poor in spirit to you then means get on your knees and thank God in heaven that you got good stuff going on in your life. That's what being poor in spirit is. It doesn't matter where you are, what's going on. You and I can still be poor in spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Let's embrace that and let's be what God wants us to be. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 